I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. You're here for a weekend update for the week ending August 16, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. In Thursday's video, we alluded to, and we always do, both sides of the market. One was, they could have certainly fallen through the trap door. The other was, if we get the special team's defense out on the field, they'll have a rally, a little bit of a short-covering rally, then buying begets buying, and what do you know, they finished Friday pretty strong. The S&P cash index was up 41 points, the spider was up over 4 bucks, and that's a big positive day, but it was still a day. Down week and the market is still in a precarious position so we're going to talk through all that we're also going to take a look at what the likely scenario is going forward and what the likely scenario is not just going forward period but going forward in the short run intermediate and longer run Let's take a look at this daily chart, and then we'll look at other charts, obviously. But first, we'll start here, and let's just take it from a visual perspective. What's the first thing that jumps out at me? And it's the same thing on this chart that keeps jumping out, which is the fact that this is a little bit sloppy, but essentially, the daily chart is making, and it's a little bit manufactured, but the concept is a bear flag pattern, a bear wedge pattern, some kind of pattern pattern that says we're likely to go lower however we need to continue to understand that there's two sides to the market there's a lot of people out there that don't want this market to fall the majority of people out there don't want this market to fall a few days ago we discussed the media the media needs a bull market because they sell ad space The mutual fund managers need a bull market because they have assets under management. That's how they get paid, both in assets under management and on performance if you're actually the fund manager. So obviously there's hedge funds out there that short the market. There's both sides of the market, but there's way more people out there that want to play defense and have a vested interest in the market staying higher, going higher, continuing to stay bullish. So it's not so easy to kill a bull, therefore we should not expect the bulls to give up that easy. Each and every time we get into these corrective phases, we have this conversation. You need to have an awareness. The awareness is twofold. A, likely story is we have lower prices ahead. But also, a very, very likely story is we can certainly have more panic buying on our hands. Picture this. We wake up Monday morning or you take a look at the future Sunday night and some piece of news hit or some excuse happens to drive the market up again and all of a sudden you wake up Monday morning and we're up another 30, 40 handles in the S&P. That changes the short-term market participants' short-term outlook. They get bullish. They want to hop on board. The market's job is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. That's just the way the market works. Think about it in these terms. Just over the last couple of days, 
What was the discussion down here? We had a huge down day. We're down here. What was the discussion in the media, in and around the talking heads, in and around the financial media? What was the discussion? Was it bullish or bearish? The discussion is always bearish as we're going down. And then miraculously, somehow, some way, the market finds a way to turn around, go back up in the northern direction, and in a matter of hours or days, everybody begins talking the other side. It happens over and over and over again. Case in point. And this is not a case in point from history. We already know those. This is a case in point that we can track. So let's just say for argument's sake, hypothetically, we do have a gap up Monday morning and we have further upside, whether it's Monday or into Tuesday, whatever the case is. Let's just say hypothetically that does happen. We have what's called follow through. Follow through would bring the bulls back out to the table. The more bulls they bring back out to the table, the higher they're able to drive the market, the more the sentiment changes, everybody becomes bullish, and then what happens? They hit it again. So that being said, let's draw out a couple of schematics of what might happen, what could happen, or what's likely to happen over the next several days and even weeks. Here's one scenario, and it's a very obvious scenario. You wake up Monday, you have a gap down. Next scene shows you're going like this, headed for 275 at some point in time, likely sooner than later. Once these lows down here are broken, it's going to be a very, very tough call for the bulls to save the market at that point. We've been down here three times. The fourth time, I'm not so sure they're going to be able to play a solid goal line defense. So that's scenario number one. Scenario number two is we're back to this big down move here and then you have somewhat of a bear flag pattern forming. So it's sloppy. It's not exactly in the range I just drew. It's from a conceptual standpoint. We don't know exactly where this rodeo ride is going to take the market, whether it takes the market up over these moving averages and they hit it again like that or we just go back and forth like this in somewhat of a bear flag pattern and then they hit it again like this. That's another possibility. Actually, that's two possibilities wrapped up into one. The first one is they drive the market higher sooner than later, really sucking in the bulls And that would be more in concert with the type of volatility that we've been having. And volatility, you have to take in context. Volatility can mean the market's going down and volatility spikes higher. When I'm using volatility in this context, what I really mean is both the up and the down, the rodeo ride. Here's another one that we have to consider. We always have to consider both sides of the market and both extremes. So the extreme on the downside, we don't have to worry about that right now. But what about the upside? What happens if all of a sudden the SPY begins closing above the moving averages again? What will we have on our hands? We'll have a couple of things on our hands. We'll have a head scratcher. We'll also have a market that turns again very, very bullish very, very quickly. So what would we do with that? How would we be pre-prepared? 
So that's not here today, but since we're at the weekend video and we have some time on our hands, let's have that discussion. It's really a chart discussion. I don't know that this is going to happen. It could happen. Anything can happen. Let's do the what if this happens. We get back above the moving averages. We begin closing daily above the moving averages. How bullish is that? And where does the market really get back into the mode of nothing to see here, there are no problems, new highs are coming. I thought about that one for a while because I wanted to have that discussion. So here's what I came up with. It's a little esoteric, but it's what I have today. It would obviously be refined if and when we did get up to that level, that area, that price zone, if this all happened. This is a total hypothetical, but it is the bull case. In the event that the market is trading up there, we have to flip over and scale back or kind of pan back a little bit and look at the weekly chart. So here's what I'm looking at. So we always focus in on the thing that jumps out at the chart. So if I'm looking for a bull case and I'm not looking for or not looking for one case or the other, I'm just saying if I'm looking for the bull case, if the market is up there, how would I determine, how would I tell what would make me comfortable that the market was really bullish? Here's what I came up with. So let's take a look at what we have. So the market is going up, up, up like this. We gap up from here, all right? And now all of a sudden we begin consolidating. It looks like the market wants to make another run higher. It looks like a continuation move is in process. However, the market collapses and that doesn't happen. Fair enough. So what I'm looking at is what happens if we got back into that process of where we consolidated or we're trying to consolidate to make another push higher but only collapsed. The way that I have to look at that is if all of a sudden the market was back up here in this zone and we had a weekly close. That's very important. Let me repeat that. If we had a weekly close back up in that area, I have to consider that somewhat of a recapture, quote unquote. Now again, this is a hypothetical, it's a what if, back to the daily chart for a second, but the what if is necessary because we've read this book before. We've seen crazy stuff happen in the market. Large swings in both directions. When the shorts cover, panic buying ensues, and they can send the S&P up 50, 75, 100 handles over a day or two. We've seen it before. We're going to see it again. We've got to be prepared for both sides of the market. Let me circle back to the bear case for a second. If we wake up to a gap down, the flip side of what we just discussed, and by the way, the flip side of what we just discussed is an extreme. Obviously, there is a ton of overhead resistance up in this 294, 293 and a half area, down sloping 20 period moving average, pivot high, 50 period moving average. There's a lot of overhead resistance here. We're not going to just waltz right through this area, at least under normal garden variety market conditions. Okay, back to the other side. If we wake up to a gap down for argument's sake, the major areas to watch out for are the former lows, again, special teams defense, when and if those don't hold or when they break, the 200 period moving average right down here at about 297.47, 
Call it 297. You expect somewhat of a spike through. Why would you expect a spike through? Because you have a breakup candle low all the way down here, another safety net, and then all of a sudden you come all the way down to 275, 274. What's down here? 273 or whatever that number is. Let's get the exact number. 273.09. Those would be your major areas of defense. Now, let's chop it down to the short term. Here's an hourly chart. You see the gap up Friday morning. It was a half gap and go and half sleeper Friday float. We got to take an intermission. I got to do this about inside the numbers. So this was posted before the opening bell. This was the first set of morning notes or morning commentary. And this is just a piece of it. Following the morning rush, if this Friday is true to normalcy, the market will take a snooze about 11 o'clock, trend sideways in a back and forth chop fest most of the day. We talk about the other side, if there's an early turnaround, if it was a fake out rally. And then we start to discuss the reality of what's likely happening. Since we're headed in the northern direction, it makes sense if it stays that way, they'll want to make a test of what? The breakdown candle high. Where have you seen that before? Where is that? I give the ES number, and I also give the SPY number. I gave the wrong number. I made a correction. Thank you to Joan for pointing out my mistake. And yes, I make just as many mistakes as everybody else, probably more. Here comes the common sense. If they're going to be up there, the SPY is also close to a semi-fat round number of 288. So under normal garden variety market conditions, they'll likely want to reach and possibly spike through. Do they have to? No, just putting it in your head. We want to be thinkers. We want to have an awareness of the different situations, the different scenarios based on the different things that are happening and present in the market at that point in time. What if the SPY closes hourly above that price? It's bullish. Now here's one. Should they find overhead resistance around there? On the first run, yes. If they miss, pull back a decent amount. That could also be an indicator they want to bust through. Again, just putting it in your mind, things that generally happen, typically happen, we use the 80-20 rule. That would fall under the category of sloppy seconds. We don't want those. The first run into resistance or support is the best run. So now, after reading that, let's take a look at exactly what happened. Here is the breakdown candle high that we're referring to. So somewhere in that neighborhood, we'll call it 288 for argument's sake. Let's look at it magnified. So I switched over to a five-minute chart. So let's get our faculties. Where are we? So here is the close of Thursday, and here is the open on Friday. So the market opens, goes sideways for a little while, and then it rushes right up to do what? Test the breakdown candle high. Now, when was that? That happened to be at 10.25 in the morning. We discussed 11 o'clock the market will typically go to sleep. Now, it doesn't go to sleep at 11 o'clock on Friday, every Friday, but around 11, 10.30, 12, 12.30, something in that neighborhood, it typically trades less than half a day on Friday. The rest of it is just back and forth. So what happened the rest of the day? We went back and forth. We'll get back to that later. But what happened technically when we went up to the breakdown candle high? You see what happened immediately. 
Look at this candle. The first candle makes a high of 288.27 above the big fat round number. It's not really a big fat round number. It's a little tiny fat round number. The next candle makes a low of 287.41. That's a quick decline, very, very fast, as soon as they went up to test the breakdown candle high. What does that tell you, and what does the rest of it tell you also? Here's the way I'm looking at it. The destination was the breakdown candle high around 288, give or take. The market headed to the destination, it got to the destination, and then it backed away from the destination, or turned around and went in the southern direction. But here's also what happened. Again, we discuss this all the time. I want to switch back to an hourly chart. What happened when we got up there? Sure, it backed away a little bit, but then we went right back up through it and ended up trading above it all day long. So that tells me something very, very important. It tells me we did not get rejected from 288. That's obvious. So the market already told us 288 really wasn't that important of a destination. That's the way I read it. Now... All of a sudden, the SPY is putting in a what? A bull flag pattern right here. What's the result of a bull flag pattern? Generally speaking, it's a continuation move higher. You have a moving average here. This is an hourly chart. You have a gap here. That's much more important. Up around 292. From where we closed out the day on Friday up to 292 is what? around 30 S&P handles. Is that a big deal in a gap up in a market with this kind of volatility? No, traders, it is not. It can happen in a flash. What do we do with it from that point? Well, from that point, it will be Monday at that point, and inside the numbers members will already have the schematic. Switching over to Camp IWM, what do we see? We see something very interesting. At least for me, it's very interesting. They busted through the former low, and then it was a kick save and a butte, and here we are back up at 148 and change. So we'll see if that holds. We'll see how long that holds. But if we have a bullish market, everything's going to go in the same direction. We talk about that all the time. So theoretically, if we're going to have more bullish behavior in the market, we can certainly trade up into at least the first, if not second, moving average. The second one is home base. That's the 20-period moving average. You're going to have a ton of overhead resistance right here. There's an important pivot. How do we know it's an important pivot? Because the market ran right up there and immediately turned around. So I don't need to do anything other than notice that That's the market telling us that that price, at least right now, is likely going to remain important. Just so happens it's somewhere in the vicinity of this 20-period moving average. There's overhead resistance up here, period, full stop. What do we have on the weekly chart? We have nothing other than a bunch of noise. We have a week that did pretty much similar to last week. Went back, went forth. And here we are in roughly the same position that we were last week. So what's happening here? What's one of the possibilities that's happening? You have a move lower from that spike higher above that trend line. And then are we doing this? It's a little too early. We need some more. We'll see. Are they going to go back up and test the trend line again? All these moving averages again? It's possible. Is it probable? I don't know. That's tough to say whether that's probable or not. 
The one thing that we do need to keep in mind is this market is jittery. There are a lot of shorts out there. And if the shorts are forced to cover in a panic buying scenario, those rip your face off rallies are fast. They're furious. They're high, wide, and deep. What's the bogey for the IWM? Last week's low, right here. The low happens to be 144.79. Any weekly close below that, even a daily close below that, and it's probably lights out. Making a stop down at the transportation department, same chart, very interesting. My second favorite market leading indicator, the IWM is the first favorite market leading indicator. Same deal. They busted the low, it was a kick save in a butte, and the chart looks almost identical. It is a little bit spooky. Here's the weekly chart. We're going to go with it's bearish. It's in a downtrend. We can certainly have rallies. We certainly will have rallies, but it's bearish in a downtrend until and unless we have a weekly close back above those moving averages for starters. Anything doing out in Silicon Valley? Not really. It's much of the same story that we just told with the SPY. Same rules apply. You can pretty much insert the QQQ chart in the conversation we just had with the SPY. How about the XLF? Another pretty decent indicator across markets. Now this is interesting. We have the transports that had a kick save and a butte by spiking the low. We had the IWM that had a kick save and a butte by spiking the low. And the XLF, did it spike the low or did it make an equal or double bottom? So the low here is 25.92, and you know I know the answer. The low here is 25.92. Are there any accidents or coincidences in the market? I think not. Come on. What they're doing right now to investors, to traders, is typical. It's also classified in technical terms as torture. This is what happens in these corrective phases. We move from... The market making as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible to torture. The SMH, do we see anything different here? Not really. We have this, we have a bear flag pattern, and we certainly can come up to the moving averages. If the market has a rip your face off rally, we can certainly have somewhat of the same routine we just discussed with the SPY and the Qs, but right now... This is what we have. In this market, we have to have an awareness. You have to have an awareness that the rip-your-face-off rallies are coming. They're coming when you least expect it. And here's the best part. You can generally see them begin to unfold on the shorter-term charts. That's why we use chart after chart after chart. And with that, folks, I will pull the ripcord here. I am David Frost. My strategic forecast... Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.